On this Aviation special, we have a conversation with Brent Kruger, event producer as well as educator and speaker, talking about how you as a live events professional can pivot, educate yourself, and come out of this coronavirus crisis better than we came in. All that and more next on this Aviation special. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special. Pivoting in live staging and events. This is Tim Albright with AV Nation with an AV Nation special. Uh, what we're doing is we're chatting uh, with the guy that I just met. His name is Brent Kruger. He's an event producer. And we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, and, and the ways it's impacting and affecting event producers. So first and foremost, welcome, Mr. Brent Kruger. How are you? It's a pleasure to be here. I wish it was under better circumstances, obviously. You and me both. You and me both. Uh, but uh, if you go by their website, his, his website, brentkruger.com, uh, actually. Uh, Brent is a fellow podcaster. He's done podcasts for a long time. Uh, he also uh, his bio is tech producer, uh, educator, speaker, uh, event uh, consultant as well. Um, and Brent, that's where we're, I want to start. One of the biggest impacts I- I- of this this crisis that we're in, of this health crisis, is the live events industry. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did a special with uh, Wallace Johnson and, and, and Tom Stimson and, and you and I's uh, mutual friend, uh, Lindsay uh, Bilberry, um, Martin Bilberry. Uh, one of the things that we t- chatted about then was, you know, what what people can do to uh, get work and to, you know, make sure that that they are uh, ready for this this downturn. That was two weeks ago, <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. it feels like a world away because in the interim, everything has shut down. There is no other job to get right. Um, in the in, in the ensuing two weeks, the NBA has canceled, the NHL has canceled, MLB has has postponed, um, uh, NAB National Association of Broadcasters postponed their their trade show, and now it's officially canceled for 2020. Um, so let's take a look at the landscape today, which is you know the the 24th of March, and, and I I I I'm, I'm, I feel compelled to say what date it is in case this is. You know, old by the time we post it. Right. Um, but but take me through, you know, what's going to happen um, in the event space. And obviously none of us know what the, the government regulations or what the government uh, guidelines are going to be and when those are going to kind of lift. But let's take a, 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 a optimistic view, okay, and say somewhere in the neighborhood of June and July, right? This, the, we're going we're gonna to flatten the curve. It's going to be June and July when we when we get to uh, to some semblance of normalcy. What do folks do between now and then if you're in the event in live live events industry? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, it's uh, um, great question, which I hate when people answer with great question. But that is that's the million dollar question, right? Mm-hmm. Is how do we keep the lights on? Um, and I'm I, you know I'm sad to say I'm sad to see that. Um, you know, I've, I've already seen more than one uh, AV company shut down uh, forever, you know, yeah. like, hey, we're out. Um, uh, you know, I think it's going to be particularly tough for, for 1099 workers, um, uh, you know, who, you know, have 
it's harder to measure, um, you know, what, what income is lost because so many things have been quote unquote postponed. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be harder to quantify than hotel industry and airline industry and things like that. Um, how much, how much loss there's going to be at that level, uh, how much loss there's going to be on, you know, uh, union staff and, um, uh, you know, riggers and, and, and all of those things. So, I know you were trying to keep it uplifting, but that's, that's, that's why the heavy sigh, right? Is because, yeah. you know, all of these people have to keep their own lights on. Um, it's not just the, the hotel industry. It's not the venues. It's not the airlines. Those, they're going to see money coming in from the federal government. And, you know, maybe we'll all get a check uh, at some point. But the people who, you know, these people are basically out of jobs, only they don't have the advantage of being fired. Um, and go, you know, being able to directly go on to unemployment or something like that. So, so um, the short answer is, what do you do during this time, right? Well, if you're lucky enough to, you know, have uh, someone else in the household that's got a good income uh, that you guys can live on, uh, you can take advantage of that time for, you know, improving your education, improving your skills. Um, you know, I'm tr- I've, I've been talking to folks, I've been fielding a lot of phone calls these days about cybersecurity, which has always been a passion of mine. Um, so I've, you know, I've committed myself to trying going back to school to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, trying to get my my basic level IT certs uh, so I can be more useful in in that phase in you know in that part of the world so that when I come out of this on the other side I'm going to have additional skills right in my in my in my tool belt um, that I can use as as a technical person in this industry um, and maybe even specialize a little bit but I'm going to be honest I looked at those skills and said what's something that can be used outside this industry as well so that you know when the next thing comes along, um, which at this point in in the 20 years that I've been working in this industry, this is either the third or fourth, depending on how you count, like life-changing, industry-changing event uh, that we've had. So, you know, if you're lucky enough to be in that position, it's a great time to do those things that you said you would do when you would have more time uh, on your hands. Um, But what if you're not? Okay. So, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before we hit record about, you know, what happens when we come to June or July and the people that we rely on to do these jobs got jobs at Amazon. Um, Because that's what's going to happen, right? You know, at some point you need to keep the lights on in your house. At some point you need to keep food on your table and toilet paper stocked in the closet. Um, So uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, we could be in for uh, a real labor shortage, to be perfectly honest, once we come out of this, whether that's June, July, August, or next year, um, as people are forced to move on and try and find other things to do with their, uh, to, to, to get income. You raised a good point there about about making sure that you have the skills to go beyond this industry. Um, and the fact that this is the third or fourth life-changing event in 20 years is, it still seems remarkable to me, but you're right. It, it has been, I, I would count four. Um, when you're talking to a young person um, and you're saying, you know what, this is a great industry to get in, right? It's a great industry. I, I have friends who have found their way into what I would consider um, more more permanent install part of AV, but I, I still consider live events and, and live staging uh, some of the most exciting parts of AV, right? Uh, these are the folks who get to deal with pyrotechnics, right? And the, <laughs> the cool lights and, you know, a, a different city every night if, if that's your thing. And, and the younger I was, the, the more thing that, that was my thing. Um, but you're talking to a young person today or tomorrow or next month, right? And, and uh, they're looking at the job market and going, holy crap, right? Um, 
but they're looking at, at their future and making assessing their skill set. What would you tell them if the, if they either were considering or you were trying to get them to consider live events as as a potential career path or at least as a foundation for for a an exceptional career when you have had four life changing career changing industry changing events in the last twenty years? I think you almost have to look at it like uh, like the arts, right? Okay. You know, yep. if you go into if you go into theater, which I actually I was a theater major back in the back in the back in the back in the day, um, you, you know, you have to want to do it. You have to have a passion for it. You have to, um, you know, there's going to be good times. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be sacrifices. Um, I you know I go back. I I remember. Um, I did a, a semester at the University of Glasgow uh, Theater Department in Scotland, and the the folks that were there were so dedicated, like way more dedicated to the art than than the theater majors back here in the U.S. To the point where, you know, they would they would barely have anything more than rent and you know you know bread, uh, in you know for their part and spend everything else going and seeing shows. Wow. So every dime that they had was spent on going and seeing theater because they were so passionate about it. Um, there it's a rewarding industry right there's there's mm -hmm. there's plus sides there's upsides um but it's it's like art right the, it's it, they're they're hard to quantify um you know for me personally and this goes back to that kind of theater thing there's something about coming into an empty space whether it's an empty you know concert venue or an empty ballroom and then you know working your butt off for you know two days straight and then you've got this thing and then it's there and you do your event, you do your program, you do your concert, and then you tear it all down and it's gone. Yeah. Like there's something kind of magical about that, that, you know, that we get to do that. Um, you know, the other, the other thing for me personally is this is, you know, I do a lot of corporate, a lot of association events, those types of things. It's these windows into other worlds. You know, we, we learn and we grow in this big, bad, wild world of ours by expanding our horizons, by traveling, by, you know, getting out into, and meeting new people. Um, and, you know, the meeting and events industry does that in spades, right? You know, we're able to go out and get windows. It's like, you know, wow, you, I'm doing a conference for, I don't know, garbage haulers. And you actually kind of get into it and like learn about their world and what's a big thing. I did a, I did a conference for an, an event of, that was uh, about... Um, supply side of beverages right so not not anything specific but it was it was actually kind of fascinating like how much money is lost every year on just the little dumb little plastic things that hold two liters you know like like you know those types of things how much money is lost in kegs i had no idea that keg theft is one of the, like the biggest concerns of the industry because wow. the 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 deposit that they ask you to put down at the liquor store nowhere nears the cover to covers the cost of the keg um, so, you know, as a, as a guy who likes trivia and likes, you know, being kind of a generalist and, and, and knowing a little bit about a lot of things, this is a great industry for those kinds of things. So, you know, much like art, I think the answer to your question is finding those things that you're passionate about, finding the things, um, you know, that, are, that, that make this industry fun. But at the same time, as I'm freely wanting to admit, you know, I'm trying to find a little job security, yeah. <laughs> you know, something that's a little crossovery um, that we can, uh, that we can try and, uh, you know, stay in the industry if I can, but if I can't, you know, there's something there to fall back on. What else can you do? Yeah. Real, real quickly before we move on to this, I want you to quantify for someone listening the excitement or the energy of standing in the middle of an empty arena before you open the doors. 
right? Where you've got <laughs> you've got right. a line array set up. It's it's a it's a it's a stereo system. The lights are up. Just the empty seats and you in the middle of that auditorium. It's again, it's kind of it's kind of magic is the term, right? You know, you've yeah. t- you've built it's it's like you know I like to do again. I'm a generalist, so I like to do a little woodworking on the side. Um, you know, you take this raw materials and you build this thing, and then when you're done with it, you stand back and you look at it and you go, "I made that." Yep. And I think that's where that pride comes in, where that satisfaction, where that level of magic comes in. It's like, you know, this was a basketball arena and now we're going to put on this amazing show and people are going to have a fantastic time. And I made that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we made that, you know, it's we made that, but, it, team, but, but you, yeah. take, you do take ownership. You do. I mean, even if, even regardless of, of what your job title is or regardless of what specifically you did, you had a hand in that. Right. So you totally take ownership of that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's shift for a second because, and, and talk specifically about what you're looking at and what you're, 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 you're shifting to do. Uh, and that's network security. Something that I would argue 20 years ago when you got into the event space, you would have never imagined <laughs> even existing. Um, so number one, I guess the first question is why does it exist? Why does it have to exist today? Um, you know, it's, and, and this is part of the pivot, right, is, is that a lot of, you know, that when I've done speaking on this and, and talk to folks about it, a lot of it revolved around, you know, cybersecurity in live events, right? So, you know, just dumb stuff like making sure that your, uh, you know, registration staff doesn't have the password for the registration platform sitting on a sticky note on the laptop and then they walk away to lunch, you know. But, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, um, if I can soapbox a little bit here, is that we are, as an industry, a treasure your trove of golden information for hackers. So, you know, when Target was hacked, when Home Depot was hacked, they didn't come in through the front door. They came in through the side door. Yep. You know, so Target, if I remember right, was um, they came in through like the HVAC, uh, like an HVAC supplier. And Home Depot came in through the point of sale system. So, you know, people are looking, hackers aren't, aren't going through the front door of these corporations. They're going in through the side door. Well, guess what? We're the side door. So if you think about, you know, an average in-person event, and obviously, you know, this is, again, like I say, where the pivot's going to be, but take an average, you know, corporate meeting where, you know, you've got people registering, you've got flight times. If that information is exposed uh, to, to someone who's into industrial espionage or something like that, you've got first name, last name, flight time, spouse name, phone number, home address, um, you know, the relationships, you know, the, so the, the, you know, the titles, so CEO, CFO, it would be trivial then to craft an email that looks like it's coming from a transportation company. Maybe you even know the transportation company being used for the event and saying, so, um, you know, Cindy Johnson, uh, we see you and your husband are flying in on Delta flight 1801. Uh, looks like you're coming in at 3 p.m. Um, we just want to verify that your car service is going to be available. If this looks right to you, just click here. They click there and then they're owned. And so uh, the information that we sit on as part of an industry goes well beyond just names and credit card numbers and things like that. It's that secondary information, that personally identifiable information um, that makes us a target. I'm honestly surprised we haven't heard more. And I can't help but wonder if um, some of the, ho- you know, we've heard some hotel hacks um, that, that, you know, came to light and then were very quietly kind of brushed away. Yeah. 
Um, you know, what, whatever became of the Starwood hack, right? That was millions of customers' personally identifiable information uh, was available to hackers. Um, whatever became of that, we don't really know um, uh, what, what happened to that information. It hasn't really been used to anybody's knowledge, but it's out there. So, you know, as we start to now pivot to, you know, all of a sudden everybody now is running to, to online, right? Running to digital services. You know, are we practicing good health? Are we doing, you know, are we, how are we keeping track of those passwords? Um, are we accidentally leaving our Zoom meeting open to the public? Um, are we, you know, accidentally, you know, inviting everyone and their dog and publishing, okay, here's the Zoom, you know, link, click here. Um, and then people are able to come in and then we're not adjusting the settings and people are making porn come up and all that kind of stuff that we're reading about in the news. So as we're rushing to this digital frontier of events, it's more important than ever that we start thinking about our, you know, our customers, our suppliers, our vendors, uh, you know, personally identifiable information and how we're sharing that information uh, with our attendees. Well, not only that, but also making sure that they're aware of how we're sharing it as well, right? I mean, that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> to have. And whether, regardless of where it is in the world, and we can have a, a discussion about GDPR and the other regulations but regardless of where it is in the world it's, it's just good uh, honestly it's just being a good steward <laughs> yeah, of it is letting people know it's know. like it's it's funny it's funny because uh, this you know it's where we're at with with the coronavirus pandemic is you know it's a lot of basic stuff right it's wash your hands cover your mouth when you cough. It's kind of the same thing with cybersecurity, right? <laughs> right? It's, 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 you know, don't click on links, you know, don't share passwords, you know, make sure that you're, you're being a good steward of the information and make sure that you're being a good net citizen, just like yeah. we are in person. Absolutely. All right, Brent, as, as we kind of wrap up here, um, give me your two cents of the next, I, I'm going to be kind here and say the next 12 months, because I, I want to say the next two, the next 18. Mm -hmm. Um, my sense, and, and I'm not being, this is not doom and gloom, but my sense is um, there's a lot of events that just like NAB that, that postponed and then just ended up canceling. The, the first half of this year may end up being a wash, right? Um, and so what, what very well could happen is, and what you know, is hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll rebuild it during the summer, hit the ground running and holy cow, none of us will see our, 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 our significant others, nor our children or, or pets between, you know, June and July and Christmas <laughs> right. time. Um, and then we have 2021 as, as kind of a reset. What does the next 12 months look like? And what in a best case scenario, both from an industry standpoint, but also the individual event workers, what, what should they look like 12 months from now? You know, I think I think we we have to look to the past, right? To 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 know about the future, and yeah. you know, if we look back to these other industry changing events, so so nine eleven, uh, the two thousand eight recession, um, uh, you know, I, as I said, I was doing a lot of corporate and association work, so the the AIG scandals were were one of yeah. my four. Um, you know, after those happened, there was an immediate. It's it, the AIG is probably the closest one um, because there was an immediate cancellation of events where, you know, any bank, any financial institution, um, you know, immediately canceled basically every event they had, had on the schedule for the rest of the year because they couldn't look like they were spending money uh, in the wake of that scandal. Um, they, they, you know, took on a whole lot of fees, a whole lot of penalties. Um, and then, but the problem was that that continued on for the entire next year because they canceled all of those budgets you start setting your budgets for the next year, what, you know, 
August, September, October, right? Yeah. You know, that time. So my, my concern, again, not to try and trying not to be doom and gloom, but, you know, just looking at the past is that we're, okay, let's say we get into June and July and things are starting to loosen up a little bit, but we're struggling and, you know, some things got canceled, some things are postponed. You start looking at that. I, I find it hard to believe that companies are going to go, we want to spend more on events. You know, given, you know, just the people are going to be skittish. People are going to be a little scared still. We're a solid six months out from a vaccine, I think, you know, so I, so one, I don't think we'll be fully up and running again yeah. uh, between now and then. Two, once we get into those budget setting times, I find it highly un unlikely that they're going to increase their budgets. They're going to be the same or they're going to be less, which means all of 2021 is going to also be a dramatic throttle back. Uh, in the meetings and events and special events uh, industries. Um, I just I just really want to hope <laughs> that that's not the case. But again, based on, you know, based on the past, I, that's what I fear is going to be the case is that this is going to be, uh, it's going to be a solid year plus before we start to uh, see things start to bounce back. So again, though, what happens, right? So what happens to all those people? Like you say, a lot of them move on. A lot of them uh, find jobs elsewhere. Um, some people come back, some people don't. And then you've got, you know, kind of a new, a new, uh, a new batch of folks coming into the industry as, as the money starts to come back, just like we have uh, since, uh, since 2008. So it, it's, uh, it'll build itself back up again, but you know, there, we're going to lose, we're going to lose some folks along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those folks that do stick around, like you said earlier, make sure that you are expanding your, your skill set uh, and, and looking out to ways you can, you know, build on what you know that will apply not only to the live events, but also outside the industry. Absolutely. And, and we know that, this, that we can't come out of the other end of this and not have digital be, you know, further ahead in the, in the conversation, right? It's too, too many events are going to say, well, that worked well. <laughs> you know, you know, that, hey, that actually worked really well. Why were we spending so much money and doing all the other things? So there's going to be, there's going to be some of that as well. So the more that we can pivot our uh, education and pivot our mindsets to including the, the, the remote audiences, including kind of the virtual events, um, you know, I think at some point that's, they're going to kind of come into parity that, you know, those will be, that'll be just the landscape of events is some of them are virtual, some of them are digital, some of them are, you know, in person, and we're all going to have to be able to work cross discipline, I think, um, you know, obviously, there's going to be specialties just like there are now, you know, the differences between, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of rock star level production companies versus corporate event production companies versus, you know, those kinds of things. So there'll be specialization, but, you know, the more that you're able to work cross-discipline and just kind of see the broader landscape, I think, of events, the, the better you're going to come out ahead. No, absolutely. All right, Brent, that'll be a good place to, to, to leave it there. Uh, Mr. Brent Kruger, uh, thank you, sir. It is my pleasure again. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, again, wish it was happier times, but uh, all we can do is keep putting one foot in front of the other and uh, keep, a, keep propping each other up, right? Absolutely. Keep propping each other up, keep helping each other and, and, and pointing each other in the, in the right direction. And, and one of the things that I, I still enjoy doing, and it's, it's one of the things that I, I, one part of my job that I love to do is connecting people, right? Um, yeah. I, I have made a, 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 career out of saying that I am not the smartest person in the room, but I know them. <laughs> um, and and I, I love connecting folks. So if, if somebody wants to connect with you and wants to either hire you as a tech producer or bring you in as, as an uh, event speaker, how do they do that? 
It is BrantKruger.com, B-R-A-N-D-T-K-R-U-E-G-E-R.com. Brant Kruger uh, from BrantKruger.com. Uh, for us, for AV Nation, go by our website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv, and you'll find specials like this, programs all up and down the dial, uh, including our two weekly programs. One covers the uh, commercial side of the AV industry. That's one that I host called AV Week. And the other side is the residential side. My buddy Matt Scott uh, hosts that called Resi Week. Uh, also takes a look at the news and the impacts of not just this, but all the other uh, things that are impacting the industry and then we have a n- number of monthly programs that dive into even deeper parts of the industry, including programming, uh, education, as well as marketing and social media. All that and more at 